First John, First John, and uh, look at a kind of a thought that we've shared before. But I've quoted this passage of scripture twice recently uh, in the sermon, not necessarily meaning to. Uh, you know, sometimes you're up here preaching. There's notes that there's there's things I do study, and there are notes usually laying up here. And how many of you wondered if there was any notes up here? You wondered if there's any notes up here? And some of you wonder if I know what I'm going to say. Sometimes I do. But sometimes God brings thoughts and passages while you're preaching to your mind. And one of these passages that's come up recently is from this little epistle of 1 John. And you see the, the parallel about our lives and dealing with fellowship. Look with me in 1 John chapter number 1. Begin reading with me in verse number 3. The Bible says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now understand this concept of fellowship. Fellowship, and we'll deal with it in just a little bit, but uh, fellowship has to do with the things that we have in common. And he says the common ground of fellowship is if you're fellowshipping with the Father and with the Son, then we can have fellowship one with another. You know, now there are people in life that we may even call them friends, but the truth is I, I can't have spiritual fellowship with them because they're not in fellowship with the, with the Father. And so here he's talking, he says, our desire is for you to have the fellowship that we have with the Father, and then we have fellowship one with another. And then in verse number four, it says, and these things write unto you that your joy may be full. It's impossible to have joy without the fellowship of the Father. And there, verse 5, it says, This then is the message which we've heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness. And now I, I read these next four verses, and this is where we'll draw our attention to tonight. And this is the contrast that we struggle with in life, and the thought sometimes is what we say versus what we have. And so I ask you this question, what if we really lived what we said we have? What if we really lived out today what we said we have? And look in the 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 6, it says, If we say then we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we've not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. And those are the verses that I've quoted the last couple of weeks. But I want you to notice, first of all, this thought about fellowship. The Bible says in verse number six, if we say, and underline that in your Bible, if you haven't underlined it, underline it, if we say that we have fellowship. Now, I said to you a moment ago, this concept of fellowship is the essence of the Christian life. It is the abiding in Him. So if we say, people walk around in the world today and say, well, I'm a Christian. I, I am living for God. I am doing right. I am, I am all these things. It's the Bible concept of fellowship. So if we say we're living the Christian life, if we say that, now notice what it says right here. If we say we have fellowship with Him, and then we walk in darkness. Now, walking, we'll get to in just a moment, and we'll go to the book of Ephesians in just a minute, but walking has to do with not just a, a physical exercise, but it is how we live our life. Walking has to do with the inward and the outward actions. It's how we carry ourselves. 
And if we, the Bible says this, that if we say we're fellowshipping with him and we're walking in darkness, then the Bible makes this statement. I don't make this statement, but the Bible makes this statement. It says this, then we're, we lie. Notice this, we lie. So our life or our lips, one's lying. And he says it, if you mark it in your Bible, because he says it a couple times, he says we lie in verse number six. He says, so if we're walking in darkness, now darkness is the opposite of light. I said to you, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter five. Hold your place here in 1 John because we'll come back. But turn with me to Ephesians chapter number five. And the Bible talks about light and darkness. And I preached this morning on the subject of being a bright light in a dark world. And the concept that what they did is they let the, they spoke the truth of the gospel and they connected their lives with the purpose of Christ. And when someone rejected them or envied them, they just shook it off, went to the next town and with joy, they continued on to serve the Lord. And so here's this concept of light and darkness. But the Bible makes a statement that if we say we're fellowshipping and we're living in darkness, then we're lying. Look in uh, Ephesians chapter number five and hold your place here because we'll read from here in just a moment on a, another thought but the Bible says in verse number 8 for ye were sometimes darkness so we were children of disobedience we were partakers of the, the filthy things of the world we were there but then verse number 8 he says but now are ye light and then he makes this statement if we are light then we're to walk in light as children of the light and then he goes on down through there and talks about the fruit of the spirit of goodness and righteousness and proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And verse number 11 says this, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So I want you to understand this concept. There's many of you here, you say, Brother Mark, this is a Sunday night crowd. We're not living in darkness or we wouldn't be here. Well, that may be true. But here he goes a step further. He doesn't just say that we're to live, we're not to be light, but he says this, that we're to live in such a way that our light repels the darkness and those that are the unfruitful works of darkness that we're to literally repel them and our light is to shine. We're not to go along with them. So the concept is this, that as a child of God, if I'm fellowshipping with the Father, fellowshipping with the Son, I'm not only not to, not to live in darkness, but look, I'm not to fellowship with darkness. I'm not to walk with darkness. I'm not to go with darkness. That's what the book of Ephesians chapter number five says this. He says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. You can't, you can't have that commonness with the unfruitful works of darkness and live in light. That's why we always have to guard ourselves. And in our world today, if I give you a practical exhortation, the number one enemy is media. And when I say media, I don't just mean the news. I mean music. I mean the phone. I mean movies. I, I remember back when I was a boy, uh, they preached against going to movies. How many of you remember those days? They preached against going to movies because you didn't get but three channels, and that was Andy Griffith and, and the Waltons. And if you had to go in the back of your trailer and turn the antenna, if you changed channels. How many of you remember what I'm talking about? And so, so, so the preachers could just say, don't go to the movies. And that's pretty simple. Today, that's a little more complicated. <laughs> because now everything is at our fingertips and everything. So what we've got to, what we've got to guard ourselves, if we say we're fellowshipping with him and we're really fellowshipping in darkness, then the Bible just says real simple, we're lying. 
And here's the sad part. It goes a step further. It says we're deceiving ourselves. You're not, look, you're not fooling anybody but yourself. I said uh, hold your place in Ephesians. We'll come back there in a minute. But go to our text. He says in 1 John, he says we lie. We're not telling the truth in our practice. Our lips and our lives don't line up. In 1 John chapter number 2 and verse number 4, he said it this way. He that saith, I know him and keep not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in. I don't know about you, but uh, when somebody calls you a liar, that, you know, that just flies all over you. If I looked you in the face and said you're a liar, most of you would want to fight me. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? You'd be like, no, 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 no. But here's what the Word of God says. If you are saying you're fellowshipping with the Father and with the Son and you're living in darkness, He said it. He said you're a liar. And here's the hard part. You're not lying to me because I know better. He said, but you're lying to yourself. It's like the book of James teaches us. It's like the one that looks into the mirror of God's word and sees problems, but they just go on about their business. If I could give you a practical exhortation as a pastor and as a friend, then what we must guard in the darkness is we must guard the media. Then notice the second thing, not only if we say we have fellowship, but notice in verse number seven, he goes farther. He says, but if we say we walk in light, not only is he dealing with the subject of fellowship, but now he deals with the subject of light. And he says this, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. So we're walking in his light. And he says this, and if we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Now hold your place here and go back with me to the book of Ephesians. I told you Ephesians chapter number five, we'd be back there back and forth a couple times. So he says this, if we're walking in the light, Light here being the light of the fellowship with God and the, the light of knowing God and the, uh, the light of continuing with God. He says, if we're walking in that light, and he reminds us that he is the light. But notice Ephesians chapter number five. I said this to you. You've already marked one of these, I think, in your Bible in verse number eight. He says, we're to walk as children of light. But notice in chapter five, verse number two, he says this, that we're to walk in love as Christ has loved us. And we're to live in love. And then he says in verse number 15 of Ephesians chapter number 5 that we're to walk circumspectly. So one of the pictures, and, and there's two others in the book of Ephesians, one of the pictures that the Christian life gives us is the idea that we're walking together. Now, I don't know the best way I know to illustrate this is, is humanly speaking, is, is when I'm walking with my wife. Now, every now and then, uh, the other day, this happened to me. Uh, I get a few things on my mind and, and uh, I jump out of the car and I'm walking on wherever he's going and she's still back at the car. And she says in her sweet voice, hey, honey, you, you going to wait on me? She wasn't really mad. She might have been mad. She wasn't really mean. And I said, oh, yeah, because my mind, look, the point was my mind was somewhere else. I wasn't necessarily leaving her on purpose. I was thinking about what, whatever we had to do next. Then there's other times like uh, there's other times like uh, the other night we went to the ball game and and we was leaving the ball game and I, I I'm putting them little stadium chairs in this hand that way I can hold her hand and we're walking look step by step and so you see the mental image the difference is in one illustration we're walking step by step hand in hand and we're we're fellowshipping and we're talking. 
The other is I get out of the car and go on and I've, I've left someone. And so here's what he says. If we say we're walking in light, then we're walking in, we're walking in light. That means this, that we're walking step by step with him. That we're living consciously day by day and moment by moment that we're literally walking with him arm in arm as you would imagine if you could close your eyes and imagine uh, taking someone by the hand and you're taking a trip together and you're just walking leisurely together. He says that's the design of the Christian life. Someone has said it this way, our daily life is not to be an imitation of Christ's walk, but it is rather a walk of the same essence. We're to walk in the same essence that he would. And so how do we do that? How do we walk in light? Go back with our text and it gives us a, another secret. It says that we walk in light. It says if we say we walk in light, notice this, and we have fellowship, if we walk in light, as he's in the light. So how do I walk in light? I walk in light as he's in the light. And then notice this, we have fellowship one with another. So what is the basis of this fellowship one with another? It is based on the subject, and the Bible says this, that the Lord Jesus Christ cleanses us for, of all sin. And that idea of cleansing has to do with daily cleansing. You say, what's the significance? Because every day I've got to come to him. And I've got to come to him and say, Lord, forgive me. Well, now, wait just a second. I hope you come to him every day and say, Lord, forgive me. Because these next two verses are pretty strong if you don't. <laughs> I got to say, Lord, help me. Help me not to get this or help me not to get anxious. Help me just to trust you or help me not to live in fear. Or, or dear Lord, help me give me wisdom here. I don't know what to do. And I got to say, Lord, forgive me. And when I say, Lord, forgive me, the Bible says that he cleanses us. That's a daily cleansing that we want, and in order for us to walk in his fellowship and to walk in his light, it takes the daily cleansing. And I ask you a simple question. So, well, I don't want to pray. I don't want that cleansing. That's because you want to live in darkness. Say, do you ever do something wrong? Oh, I do something wrong. Come, come stay in my house. You can find something I do wrong. I mean, most of you don't even have to go home with me to find something I do wrong. Because I usually tell on myself. <laughs> You say, what's the point? The point is this, that if I'm really living in the light, then I have to constantly have daily cleansing. I've got to say, God, forgive me. Because look, the world, I said to you this morning, the world is dark and it's all around us. But he didn't call us to live in darkness. He called us to be light in the midst of darkness. And so if we say we have fellowship and if we say we have fellowship and we walk in darkness, then we're lying. If we say we're walking in light and don't have fellowship one with another, and I'll remind you the basis of fellowship is the fellowship that we have with God. But notice a third one. It's found in verse number eight and verse number 10. It says this, if we say we have no sin, if we say we don't have sin, I, I really honestly, the older I get, the more troubled I am with the crowd that tells me they can live without sinning. Probably the most arrogant, and I'm gonna say blasphemous thing you can say. To say you can live in a state of sinless perfection. You, you, that's saying I don't need him every day. That I can keep myself there. That's, that's just not there. But notice he says in verse number 8. If we say that we have no sin. And the word sin there has to do with our sin nature. He says if we say we have no sin. Notice this. Here it is again. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
Then he goes down in verse number 10 and he says it this way, if we say that we have not sinned. So if he first says in verse number eight, if you say that you don't have the sin nature that you still with, deal with, you're deceiving yourself. Say, so, well, I got past all that. I don't know about all that. Then verse number 10, he says, he goes a step further. And if he say you have no sins, if you say that, that you don't ever do anything wrong, verse 8 talks about our nature. Verse 10 talks about the outcome of our nature. That's the sins that we commit. He says, and if we say that we have not sinned, notice this, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Now, I want you to see this. This is, this is strong language. If you look in verse number 6, underline it, we lie. So if we say we fellowship with him and we live in darkness, then we're lying. Then he says in verse number eight, if you say you don't have sin, he takes it a step further. Not only you're lying, now you're, now you're deceiving yourself. Then he takes it a step further in verse number 10. He says, now you're calling God a liar. That's pretty strong language. See, the emphasis of 1 John is not to point out what we're doing wrong and not to say we're doing this wrong or doing that wrong. It is to point out that we need constant daily fellowship. 1 John chapter number 5 tells us that these things were written that we might know that we have eternal life if we believed on him. And we say, man, that's a no-so salvation. But I, I read a great quote on that. He said this, if you study 1 John and, and the characteristics of the Christian life, it, it makes you think, woe is me, am I really a believer? See, 1 John is written not that we say we can have fellowship. 1 John is not written that say the fellowship is available. 1 John is written to show us the necessity of fellowship. He says that if we make God a liar, we deceive ourselves. You can't deceive God, but we can deceive ourselves. And act like we don't need this fellowship. Then he says we make him a liar. But notice in chapter 2 verse number 1. I would be remiss if I didn't read this passage. He says my little children. These things I write unto you. That you sin not. He says the goal is that you don't live in sin. The goal of Christian life is never to live in sin. The Bible says should I sin that grace abound? He says no God forbid. We're to live without sinning. But he says this, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We have literally a legal counsel. We have a paraclete. We have an intercessor. We have someone pleading our case, not based on our goodness, but as I said to you this morning, based upon the subject of justification on the fact that he paid for that sin. And he says that advocate, the Father, Jesus Christ, and he is the propitiation for our sin. Now, that's a big word, but let me just say it to you. He is the satisfaction. That's what it literally means is he's the satisfaction. Isaiah 53 says it this way. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. See, I cannot satisfy the wrath of an almighty God. I cannot do enough good to outweigh the bad. I can't, I can't even after I'm saved, I can't do enough good to, to, to keep me from thinking wrong or doing wrong or acting wrong or responding wrong. Now, the Bible says whatsoever is without faith is a sin. You ever had a faithless thought? You ever had a faithless thought? And the Bible says you're a sinner. <laughs> And so I understand I can't satisfy the wrath of God 
I have no standing before God. And so the Bible says this, that we're to live. See, the reason we must come to him in fellowship and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse us from sin is because he's pleading our case. But see, we've got to go to him to get that cleansing. In verse number, two, verse number chapter number two, in verse number two, he says he's a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So the first big if is this, if we say we have fellowship. Then the second big if is this, if we say we walk in light. The third big if is this, if we say that we don't sin. Now all of those are what I would call of a negative connotation. We deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us, and we make God a liar. But now notice the last if in verse number nine, and it was what I would call a positive connotation. In verse number nine, we quote it often, if we confess. Now confess, uh, confess is like this. See, some people apologize like this. If I said something to my wife that I shouldn't have said, then if I come to her and say, Honey, if I've done something wrong, please forgive me. Now, I'll be honest with you, that's not an apology. Especially when I know that I've said something that I shouldn't have said. If I'm going to apologize to my wife, I have to say to her, look, honey, I did this and I'm sorry. Confession is the same way. We don't come to God and say, God, if I've ever done anything wrong... No, 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 no. Confession's falling on our face. And confession, listen, confession is agreeing with God about who I am and who he is and my need of cleansing. Confession is not necessarily naming every sin. Sometimes God puts us first certain thing. Look, sometimes the Spirit of God says, hey, you've got to deal with that. You've got to deal with that. You've got to deal with that. Sometimes God brings people in your path and say, man, you've got to deal with that. What do you mean by that? Hold your place here. I'm, uh, uh, go with me to Matthew chapter number five. Confession is from the lips of a contrite heart. And sometimes God puts things on your heart that if we're gonna remain in true fellowship with him that we gotta deal with. I ask you a question. What is fellowship with Christ worth to you? So it's worth everything. Then that means we have to confess our sins. Matthew chapter number five, verse number 23. He says this in verse number 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there remember thy brother, notice this, has aught against thee. Now, I don't like this verse. I really don't like this verse. I don't, you don't like it either, if you're honest. <laughs> he says, if you come and you bring your gift, your, your offering, and you bring your gift of prayer and offering, and you bring that to the altar, and while you're doing the work of God, if you remember, notice this, that the brother has ought against you. Notice what he says. Leave there thy gift before the altar. Notice this, and go thy way. First, be reconciled to thy brother. Then, come and offer thy gift. So I ask you the question, when you think about the confession of sin, confession of sin, I'll say this to you, confession needs to go as far as the offense has gone. I backed it a minute ago. If I use my wife for, for an example, let's say I've done something against my wife. Let's say I've, I don't know, I, 
You, may, you name it, I probably have. But if I've done something to wrong her, then look, then I've got to go to her. If I, if I, we, we, we have that, that's as far as I go. If I said to my wife, if I was rude to my wife this morning, I'm not going to get up in front of the church and say, uh, I need y'all to forgive me. I was rude to my wife this morning because the offense didn't go that far. Now, every now and then the Bible says there's things that we take all the way to the church or, or we take them as far as they've gone. But he says this, if in your private worship, if God brings somebody to across your mind that you need to deal with, he says you go first and deal with it. And so that's the word of God. He says if we confess our sins, go back to 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 9. If we confess our sins, notice that they're plural. Verse 8 has the nature of our sins. Verse 9 has names of our sin. <laughs> God, forgive me for being. God, forgive me for doing. And we name them. If we confess our sins, notice this. He is faithful. Now, I don't understand this. It's almost one of those thoughts that's too wonderful for me. If I say to the Lord, I come back and say, Lord, forgive me and he cleanses me and, I, and then I come back today, the next day and say Lord I need you to forgive me for what I did three days ago and he would say what sins is the old song says what sins are you talking about because the Bible says this that he is faithful that he never fails to forgive when we come to him in confession. Now, wrap your little mind around that again. You say, well, I carry guilt. I carry this. I carry that. Well, the Bible says this, that if we are, faith, he is faithful, and we'll talk about the next word, and just, and then the Bible says this, to cleanse us. So we have to understand that God and his faithfulness, if we desire fellowship with him, if we desire to walk in light, if we desire to walk in truth and not deceive ourselves, and we come to him with a broken heart and agreeing, saying, God, this is wrong. And the Bible says that he is faithful. He's faithful to his own word. He's faithful to his own promise. And then the Bible says this, he's faithful and just. He's not letting you slide by. He punished in his own body the sin debt of the whole world. See, when you think about Golgotha's heel and the, the crucifixion and the agony and you think about in the garden and if he says, let this cup pass from me. See, he can forgive us and he can forgive us and be faithful in it. But look, he can forgive us and be just in it because the payment has been made. He's forgiven us. He's the propitiation. He's the satisfaction for our sins. But notice it goes a step further. He'll forgive us of our sins. And notice this. And to cleanse us. Now this is the thing that I don't, that I said to you is almost too wonderful for us to imagine. But he cleanses us from all filthiness. That means he makes us as pure and as white as as we were at the moment of our salvation. 
See, the cleansing work of God is something only He can do. The create, as the psalmist said, created me a clean heart. That is the creative work of God. He steps out on nothing and He creates something that didn't exist. He doesn't borrow a little of our goodness and He doesn't take us and try to polish us up. No, the Bible says this. If we confess our sins, then He is faithful every time. He's just, He's righteous, and He will cleanse us, notice this, from all our sins. Imagine this, and notice these us, but cleanse us from all, listen, all unrighteousness. You say, preacher, what's un- unrighteousness? Unrighteousness is anything that is offensive to him. Now, we quote that verse a lot, but that verse is a mouthful. But that verse is a mouthful of blessings. You say, what's the blessing about it? I don't have to hold on to my sin. I don't have to work off my sin. I don't have to atone for my sin because I cannot. What I do is I come to him and say, God, forgive me. And it's, it's, it's the it's chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2. It's, like now the, it's now like the lawyer takes over. <laughs> the advocate, the legal counsel says, yes, that one's covered. That one's paid for. That one is gone. And then the Bible says this. Look, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I ask you the question this morning, are we living, what, or this evening rather, are we living what we say? If you mark things in your Bible, mark in verse number six, it says if we say. Verse number seven, it says if we walk. Verse number 8, it says, if we say. Verse number 9, it says, if we confess. Verse number 10, it says, if we say. I say this to you in summary. There is no fellowship with him in darkness. There's no walking with him without the light of his countenance. There's no truth without recognition of our sinful nature. And there's no cleansing without confession. I ask you the question tonight is a simple one. How's your fellowship? I, I, I'm glad we have fellowship in here. And we have fellowship. We have good friends. And I have some great friends in this church. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad we have things that we can talk about. There are good Christian fellowship that we can have. But when I ask you about fellowship, I'm not asking you about the fellowship between you and I. I'm asking you about the fellowship between you and him. See, here's the thing that if we're honest, you say it's not what it should be, and that's because we come into his presence and we know that we haven't lived, verse number nine, if we confess. See, fellowship with the Father begins with confession of our sins, of who, he, who we are. See, the reason we don't walk in and want to walk into his presence is we don't have to admit our failure and our miserableness to him. But the Bible says if we want that cleansing, if we want that the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that's where we have to get to. And I ask you tonight the simple question, how is your fellowship with him? Are we walking in light as he is in the light or are we living in darkness? Are we living in the fellowship of him and are we confessing to him and are we trusting simply in his faithfulness and just? I love that verse. If we confess our sins... That's a big if. But then it's connected to a, con- a constant promise. He is 
faithful. I love, I rest, to be honest with you. I have learned more and more every day of my life to rest in His faithfulness. So I don't know, I don't know about this, and I don't know about this, but I, I do know He's faithful. I, I love the Lamentations where it says, Great is thy faithfulness. Every morning His mercies are new, and great is thy faithfulness. And one of the ways that He is faithful is that He will forgive our sins when we bring them to Him. I want you to bow with me.